aspects, but you also like want to have a bit more of a competitive element there. And when there's like a tournament style bracket, especially with these young guys, it kind of gets them like in the mode to maybe like try and beat the other team, especially you want to try and get to the championship round and win it. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday, February 2nd edition of the TV Ambassador Podcast with your host, TV. Hope you're all having a fantastic day and thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. Before we start, I do have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for updates on the podcast and for other great content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you will not miss an episode. For all my podcast listeners, remember to subscribe or leave a review if you're on Apple. And for my Spotify, Anchor, or Podbean listeners, just continue to show your support in any way possible. That would be highly, highly appreciated. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics, including my Toronto Raptors, um, some announcements regarding um, all like the All-Star Weekend, which is the Rising Stars and Dunk Contest. There's some news on that. My reaction to the All-Star Starters, which is going to be... It's going to be really interesting to talk about. Of course, it's going to be that one person that we're going to dip, deeply dive into. And, of course, some other news going around in the NBA. So, yeah, action-packed show today. Thank you guys for all the support on the recent episodes. And, uh, and as we're heading towards the trade deadline, heading towards All-Star Weekend, there's going to be a lot more um, NBA talk going on. So I'm extremely happy for that. Again, thank you guys for all the support. But without further ado, let's get right into today's episode. And the first team I do want to talk about, and I did mention off the top, my Toronto Raptors. Yes, for the first time in a while, I can have a just a dedicated segment to this team and not feel like I'm a biased Raptor fan. Some people may still call it that, but at the same time, I don't think I'm overreacting. The Raptors are a very good team. They are a very good team, and now that they kind of have their full lineup back, of course, no Ken Birch due to a broken nose, but for the most part, the starting five... The key bench pieces, they're all back. And they're getting wins. They are getting wins. Right now, the Raptors are are on a three-game winning streak, including two wins versus one of the best teams in the East at the moment in the Miami Heat. And, of course, they got a win in between with the Atlanta Hawks. Although, without Trey Young, it was still a good win. But this like this like goes back to even like the, the Hornets game, which we won pretty good. We were competing in the Bulls game. We won against the Wizards like a week and a half ago. The Raptors are getting very good wins, and they are just playing very, very well. And I know the main concern of many Raptor fans here is the amount of run the Stars are getting. And just looking at their minutes, I mean, 39 minutes a game for Fred, 37 minutes for Siakam, OG, Gary with 34 minutes, and Scotty with 36. (laughs) I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot, and there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Nick Nurse is playing a lot of these guys, and he acknowledged it. He acknowledged it after yesterday's win against the Miami Heat, again, a massive, massive win, um, where he said it is a big deal, but those but the peop- but those guys on the court are doing a good job of canceling out the noise and just sticking to the game and staying focused, which is going on. But of course, the concern here is not that the that they um, it was not we're doubting their ability that they could play all those minutes. But is it worth it when we're in what the exact date today, February second, twenty twenty two? Is it worth it right now, especially knowing um, 
that the Raptors are probably going to be a play-on slash playoff team. They're obviously going to be competing for the top six seeds. Is it worth it where it's going to possibly like hurt us down the road? I I was on that boat saying, yeah, it's going to like hurt a lot. And I still think we do need a bench that's extremely important. We're going to get some trades in. Hopefully, we can improve that bench. But at the same time, Nurse is running with the starters. The starters, by all... By all reports, by all interviews, are fine with it. Freddie has spoken out saying, "Look, I get played to do basket to play basketball. If I had a problem with it, I would have talked to Nick about it." And apparently, they don't. Again, this could hurt them down the line. But at the same time, the rap if the Raptors are good with it, if Nick Nurse is like is like um, instilling this mentality and it's working, there's not that much I can say. It's working out for them. And once again, there's just some really key wins here. A lot of close games, especially on this three-game winning streak. Yesterday against the Heat, they just won by a very small margin of four points. Very, very good game. Um, and, it's, and of course, that triple overtime game over on Saturday night where the Raptors' defense locked up. Freddie Van Vliet, although struggling the entire game, went off in the overtime periods. They were able to pull out these wins. And in situations with this like, young team against like a veteran team and stuff like that, it's really, really good to get these type of wins. Even against the Hawks, I know without Trey Young, they still were able to pull out that game, playing great defense in the second half. And the Raptors are kind of have this great identity where they might start off slow, they might um, trail a bit, but they'll come back. They know how to wear teams down. And when it comes to a game of attrition, a game where um, you need to outlast your opponent, they just know how to do it. They just know how to do it, and that's what a big reason why the Raptors are still competing and they're getting wins like, like still at this point of the season. And look, I'm not afraid to say this. Our starting five right now of Van Vliet, Trent, OG, Siakam, and Scotty, they could compete with any team in the league. The switchability, the offensive um, execution of this team, the passing, they're up there. They're up there, but the Raptors do need a bench. I, I can't stress this enough. It's fine. The Raptors are like buying into this system, but they need something. They need something, especially during the dog days of the NBA season, which is like around like after the All Star break, right before the playoffs. You're gonna need those. Step, you're gonna need those wins, and your bench is gonna have to step up in some games, one way or another. Also, speaking of the Miami Heat game, I do want to send my players out for Kyle to Kyle Lowry, who missed. I think it was his ninth or tenth straight game yesterday. Um, I don't want to do any speculation. I'm not going to say anything unless reports are out or like actual confirmation of what's going on. But apparently it's a family issue. Jimmy Butler said um, that, um, of course, they want him back on the court, but they're going to support him in any way they can. Kyle Lowry's a competitor, so whatever's happening right now is definitely um, super, super like close to his family and stuff like that. So, yeah, prayers out to him. Hopefully things can get better soon and we can see him back out on the court. Um, but, of course, family comes first. Um, it's above basketball. This is just more than basketball. So, prayers out to Kyle Lowry. Another thing I do want to talk about the Toronto Raptors as we get back into this is Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. at the moment is on a streak that is tied with DeMar DeRozan for um, most consecutive 30-point games in Raptors history with five. Gary Trent Jr., like, when I watch him play, there's really one thing I can really just describe him. And that's like a ticking time bomb. He is literally a ticking time bomb on his team. Um, I'm not saying that he's been like bad this season, but he hasn't like um, really taken that next step that I thought he was going to be like become a like almost a near 20 point per game scorer um, coming off of last season. Like he kind of wasn't there yet. But as of late, Gary Trent is showing why 
like the Raptors, what they saw in him, and just his ability to just completely shift the game. Five straight 30-point games, and there are just times in the game where Gary Trent just takes over, either trying to get the Raptors back very quickly or just putting the game out of reach. Yesterday was a clear example where the Raptors um, started off the quarter really hot, and Gary Trent Jr. literally like hit a three, came right back um, after a stop, came right back down, hit a step back free in front of P.J. Tucker, one of the better on-ball defenders in the league. And he splashed it right in his face. I mean, Siakam said it best. This guy is just a difficult shot maker. And this is something that the Raptors do need. Someone with the swagger. Someone with the confidence who can hit contested shots. And Gary Trent is that guy. Trading him for Norman Powell last year obviously hurt as a Raptor fan at the moment. Norm was a, um, a long-time member of the team. Was a key part to that championship roster. It was hard to see a fan favorite like Norm go. But I did say when the trade happened, Gary Trent Jr. has the type of game, has that kind of swagger where he's going to be beloved by Toronto fans almost instantly. And he has been ever since he came here, and he has our full support. And now him putting these type of games together, putting the streak together, just showing us like what we can expect from this guy for years to come. Do I expect a 30-point per game score? No, of course not. But Gary Trent Jr. is can be that guy who can really um, change the game for you and he'll give you that you know the consistent 17 18 points a game but he'll also have these like runs or these moments where he could just go completely off and that's just something that the raptor fans really need right now because the fred van vliet has been kind of taking over games for the majority of the regular season and that, and siakam has been starting to do it a bit more as of late as well but gary Trent is that guy Gary Trent is absolutely that guy, and he's showing it so far. I'm very happy that they pulled off that trade. And, man, this guy hits threes as well. One more thing. I mean, he apparently, according to StatMuse, and this is a, um, a a stat from Twitter, Gary Trent Jr. is the um, is the fourth player in NBA history to have 30-plus 30, um, 30 points and 5-plus threes in five straight games. The only other three players, Steph Curry, James Harden, the Damian Lillard. I don't think he's going to reach that level, but it just shows this guy is that guy, and I'm glad, again, the trade happened. One more thing about the Toronto Raptors before we move on to the next topics. Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic has not played for the team since probably near the beginning of the season. I think it was like November 11th was his last game. And after that, the Raptors said that he was going away for personal reasons, and um, they're, uh, that basically just meant that the Raptors are trying to, like, you know, not get him injured, not develop a better relationship because he was really in the rotation. And they just want him to kind of do whatever he was going to do as they try to find a trade. And for many people, um, that is going to really hurt his trade value and stuff like that. But when I saw that at the moment, I was going to be like, I don't think there's anything that the Raptors could have done that could have really increased um, Gord Drogic's trade value while still trying to go with the flow of the team, which is actually working right now. Because he's really just an old guy that's going to take more minutes from people like a Delano Banton, a Chris Boucher. He's just going to go into those guys' minutes. Actually, I don't want to put Chris Boucher. Like, maybe like a pressure Chua. Chris Boucher is actually pretty old. But they just basically said, you know what? Just go away from the team. We'll move you when we can move you. And I, and reports coming out this week are saying that Gord Drogic has a lot of suitors. I think like um, the news came from like former a former Grizzlies GM. Um I completely forgot his name at the moment, but I'm sorry about that. But apparently, I think it's John Hollinger. It's John Hollinger. Um, 
there's just a lot of teams interested. And for people who kind of feels like, how is he still, like, being interested by teams? I mean, like, why are, is he, like, have a lot of interest still? Well, he just has a valuable contract situation. I mean, he's an expiring contract worth $19 million, which is which means it's going to be easy to trade for. And one, I mean, if they're a contending team, they can help out that team immediately because Goran Dragic is still a good player. And it's just a, a good salary piece. So where say if you want to like get out of a long-term contract and go with like a short-term but pay the guy right now, they could do that too. So his contract is extremely valuable. And there are just a plethora of teams like, go, like asking for him. I'm assuming the Dallas Mavericks are still in those talks. There are, are um, rumblings that maybe a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers um, could use him, obviously because they have not a lot of point guard depth, so that could be a good place. But there's just a lot of teams wanting Goran Dragic, and I'm happy it's going to happen because when we traded for him, it was literally just salary filler to try and get Kyle Lowry. I knew that he was going to not stay the entire year as a Raptors, as a Raptors player. And now the Raptors have a chance to maybe get someone back, maybe just improve the bench a little bit so we can try and make a deeper run than we're hoping right now. As good that the Raptors have choices, I think Masai knows that he has to pull the trigger. The question is, which one is he going to choose? I saw I saw like a mock trade about the about the Mavericks giving us a first-round pick, Dwight Powell, and Trey Burke. I'm going to be like, shake, shake on that. We got a deal. I would be okay with that, but Masai knows better than me. There are probably other trades on the market. Let's see which one he chooses. And honestly, I Raptor fans should just know, trust him aside. He's got this. He's gone out of situations before. He could definitely get us out of this one. So yeah, a lot of Raptors talk to start off this um, to start off this podcast. But now we're going to move on to some All-Star Weekend talk. And we're going to be talking about the dunk contest and the Rising Stars. I will start the dunk contest so we can get this out the way. The the reports from Sham Sharanya are saying that the dunk contest participants have now been chosen. And the four guys competing this year are Juan Toscano Anderson of the Golden State Warriors, Cole Anthony of the Orlando Magic, Obi Toppin of the New York Knicks, and Jalen Green, rookie for the Houston Rockets. Now, None of the guy. I think the only guy here that I was even like, considering, and like when I was talking about my dunk contest, like kind of like realistic thing, or like realistic um field, was Jalen Green. I just think that this guy has bunnies, and I think that this guy doesn't really get the opportunity to like have great in-game dunks. And I think he has more of like a finesse dunker, if you know what I mean. I think he can do really good here, and I'm excited to see how he could do. Obi Toppin's back. This is second year straight back in the contest. We know this guy has bunnies. Hopefully, he can have a better performance than he did last year. Cole Anthony, a lot of people were confused, saying, like, how tall is this guy? He's, like, what, 6'1 or something like that? Like, does he even have bunnies like that? Just search up his highlights online. This guy has has, has some good bunnies. Um, I think that this guy could be, like, a, a low-key good pick. Let's see how he does in this contest. And, the, oh, and then the weird one for me here is Juan Toscano Anderson. One, he's, like a, like, a rotation piece in Golden State. I didn't even think that he would, like have the type of like pull in this contest but they still have him in there he got like that big dunk over JaVale McGee early on in the season I don't know what type of creativity he has in this contest but I'm excited to see it's just more of like like excited for the unknown with, with Scott Anderson let's see if JTA can do some work in the dunk contest besides that I mean not a lot of big names but maybe someone can make their name in this contest one of those things that could probably happen I mean we saw Zach Levine do it in the past Miles Bridges uh, who was known as a dunker, finally, like, break out of that. Let's see if any of these guys can do that. But I'm still hoping it's going to be better than last year. It's it, it won't take much, but I think hopefully 
you know, this one will be better. But let's move on to the Rising Stars um, contest. And before we get into the participants, I just want to say that, one, there's a big rule changes happening to the thing. And I'm going to try to get through this. Um, it's going to be kind of like, it's going to be kind of a lot. So just like listen up. Um, so basically, in this year's dunk contest, we're going to have 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, no more Team World versus Team USA, which they've done in the past. So they're going to have 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, which I'll tell you the participants later. And then four members included from the G League Ignite development team, which is very interesting because these are some of the guys that are going to be um, coming up in the draft next year. So there's going to be a chance to see them go up against real NBA talent, which I'm extremely excited about. Um, who's going to coach and who's going to select the teams? The members of the um, 75th anniversary team and assistant coaches uh, will make up the coaching staff for each team. Each team will select seven players, with one with each team having one G League Ignite player. So it's basically a seven on seven on seven on seven. There's gonna be a three game single elimination tournament bracket, um, where um, it's gonna be kind of team A versus team B, team C versus team D, and then the winner of those two we're gonna be going up against each other in the finals. The first two, um, the first round games are gonna play to a target score of 50, while the championship round is gonna play to a final score of 25. It's going to be five, it's basically five on five with kind of two bench players. And of course, it'll go by twos or threes. It's basically a race to 75 points um, in honor of NBA's landmark 75th anniversary season. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, obviously, Team USA um, versus Team World, it was fun. There were some moments there, but at the same time, it's just a normal game. And then, literally, in the final four minutes, it's it turned into some like some like crazy dunk contest and that's fun in certain aspects but you also like want to have a bit more of a competitive element there and when there's like a tournament style bracket especially with these young guys it kind of gets them like in the mode to maybe like try and beat the other team especially you want to try and get to the championship round and win it so you know what this this um this thing is usually like a boring event um um to be honest so making the changes here will make things interesting honestly i'll just uh, um hopefully it'll go well I'm very excited to see some of these Geo Ignite players, especially people like Jaden Hardy, who is projected to be a top pick in the draft. Um, also, Scoot Henderson as well. I think it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be something like really, really fun to just you know, to kind of see, especially like because a lot of people do not watch the G League, so seeing people like these guys, also the two other players along with them are Dyson Daniels and Marjon Beauchamp. It's gonna be really interesting to see. It's gonna be really interesting to see, and I'm just excited for. The idea of this, I mean, they're they're really trying to go for that, like you know, that um, target score thing, like they do in the All Star Game fourth quarter, where you have to try and like get to number twenty four in honor of Kobe Bryant. So they're adding that to the, the Rising Stars game. I'm very excited to see that. Um, at least it, it gets a little bit more juice into that contest, so maybe that will make it a lot more fun. But we can move on to the rosters because those were announced yesterday in the report. When we look at the rookie, the rookies being selected, we got. Jalen Suggs of the Orlando Magic, Davion Mitchell of the Sacramento Kings, Jalen Green of the Houston Rockets, Chris Duarte of the Indiana Pacers, Ayo Desumu um, of the Bulls, Cade for the Pistons, Franz Wagner for the Magic, Alperin Shangun for the Houston Rockets, Evan Mobley for the Cavs, Herbert Jones for the New Orleans Pelicans, shout out to him, I'm late picking that draft, Josh Kiddy of the Thunder, and my man Scotty Barnes, yes, Scotty Barnes, being chosen for the rookie one, of course, one of the top rookie of the year candidates. As for the sophomores, we got another Raptor in there. We got Precious Achua, first forward um, on that team. 
Then we got Sadiq Bey of the Pistons, Jaden McDaniels of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Isaac Okoro of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Jay Sean Tate of the Rockets, Isaiah Stewart of the Pistons, Cole Anthony of the Magic, Desmond Bain of the Memphis Grizzlies, low-key great season for Desmond Bain, um, Lamella Ball from the Hornets, Anthony Edwards of the Timberwolves, Tyrese Halliburton of the Kings, and Tyrese Maxey of the 76ers. Shout out to him, 33-point game the other night, and a big win. And of course, I listed the G League United players earlier. So, a lot of great names, a lot of great young talent. Excited to see them um, play up against each other. There are some key names missing, though, which I definitely have to point out. Emmanuel quickly did not make the teams. Um, Obi Toppin. Jonathan Kaminga, who, which really surprises me. I would have rather have him over someone like a Shingun on that team. Um, even over like a Herbert Jones. I would think that Kaminga would have been in it. And then Onyeka Kongu. I think if he played more earlier on the season, he would have made it for the for the um, sophomore team, always for the sophomore pool. But he really just started getting a lot of minutes as of late. And although he is producing, which is um, amazing, if he played more games early on, I think they would have like gave him um, more consideration. But he just didn't. So, yeah, very interested in that. Um, very interesting to see that. And if, and I think I, I didn't mention this earlier, but there's also going to be a random halftime event um, going on for the Rising Stars game where they're going to be trying to recreate um, like great like NBA moment shots from like the 75th anniversary or something. Um, not sure how I feel about that, but I guess it's something to watch during the halftime show. So we'll have to wait and see. Let me know down below what you guys think of these new Rising Stars change rules, um, changing their rules. I'm just happy that they're trying to um, switch things up. And then honestly... To go away from the 5-on-5 five five, like normal team thing, honestly, it just like intrigues me. So let's see how this goes. Let's move on to the next hobby because we're going to still talk about the All-Star Weekend. And we're going to be talking about the All-Star Stars that were um, that were announced um, last week. I think it was last Thursday. And for the most part, I agree with it. I agree with it. Let's start off in the East and, the, um, and what was chosen there. First, we got DeMar DeRozan. Um, of the Chicago Bulls in the backcourt along with Trey Young. Quick note on these two. I mean, um, I think it was a, I think it was a good decision. I mean, Demar Derozan, Trey, Demar Derozan was like number one on media, um, fans, everything. Like he was just like overwhelming number one and fair play. Trey Young number two, very um close behind was Zach Levine, um, number two from the players, number. Three from media, but he was also but he was also number three for the fans, so he couldn't make it in. But Trey Young makes it in, and I'm um, extremely happy to see that. And then um, going on to the forwards, we got you know the usual three: KD, Giannis, and Bead. Honestly, I don't think I have to go much into this because that was those are my picks. I think that was basically clear for the um, for the East front court. That wasn't hard to choose. As for the West, we go to the um, West guards. We got Steph Curry, who was the overwhelming number one. Then we got John Morant, who clearly was the overwhelming number two, which is very, very interesting. Good, good thing for John Morant. Again, I think those are my two choices. Like before, these were announced, so I'm happy that you know I got those right. But it was also not too hard to figure that out. These two have been absolutely amazing to start the season. Then this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> Let's get into this. Firstly, LeBron James. LeBron, yeah, he he makes it in number one, overwhelming number one, fair play. Number two, Nicole Jokic, yeah, overwhelming number two. I think like actually LeBron and Jokic split the media vote for number one, which is absolutely crazy. But yeah, those two are the clear choices. Then we move on to number three, 
And we got Andrew Wiggins. Yes, uh, you heard me right. Andrew Wiggins is an NBA All-Star starter. He's a starter. And a big part of Andrew Wiggins doing that is the overwhelming fan votes that they got. I mean, that he got. You got... um. Him as with like twenty, like basically three point four million votes, number three in fan ranking, and honestly, what really helped him in this case is not a lot of like they didn't like it wasn't even like really just the fans. I mean, of course, the fans really is the one who put him at number three, but he wasn't even that far off with the media and player rank. I mean, he was number five among players, number six among media, so he has definitely garnered some respect. Obviously, there were two other guys I was like kind of debating over for this. Um, Draymond Green, he ended up being sixth in um, fan vote, number three for player, and number four for media. So there was a chance if the fans voted him a bit more that he would have been in the starting lineup. Um, Paul George was definitely close as well, but again, I don't know. I think people, I think people didn't really choose him because of the injuries and all that. But then Rudy Gobert. I mean, Rudy Gobert actually had a huge chance here. The players had him fourth and the media had him third. But ninth in player voting, which absolutely um, sucks for Rudy Gobert, which is why he couldn't make it. But Wiggins. Yes, Wiggins is in there. And for someone who... I mean, I said, I think I think I was telling this like in a live with um, Jalen from the Hoop Dog podcast. His numbers are not going to wow you. His numbers aren't because he's averaging like, what, 18 points a game, four rebounds, two assists, 49% from the field, 41% from three, a steal, and almost a block a game. Not crazy, but I'm just happy for him. Someone who was kind of deemed as not that guy in the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were putting a lot of pressure on him to be the number one, which he couldn't be. Gets straight to the Warriors, learns how to win, increases his defensive skill by eons i mean he wasn't even trying on the temple wolves and of course it's due to culture but going to the, t- the warriors learning how uh, what you need to do to win helping on a defensive end and hitting your threes consistently he's been absolutely great for them absolutely fantastic and you know i would be mad at, at this but at the same time it's the fan vote there's a reason why we have this here um of course, apparently a big boost of Andrew Wiggins' votes came from a K-pop star who voted for him, saying that he was one of the best two-way players in the league. And of course, K-pop is massive around the world, and they were retweeting, you know, Andrew Wiggins' all NBA vote or NBA All-Star or whatever, and he got a, a, a lot of votes, which put him in this position. But I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Um, especially it, what really does help here is that Paul George hasn't played a lot of games at all. At least as of, especially like he's missed like basically the last month or so. So he hasn't played in a long time. So he might not even be available for the game. But I'm happy for him. I'm just happy for him. I know a lot of people are like up in arms saying, this is where we should get rid of fan voting and stuff like that. Honestly, I'm fine with it. They're, for the most part, um, fans get it right. Um, this one is a bit off, but at the same time, fans love seeing how the way Andrew Wiggins kind of transforms his game. He has the whole country of Canada behind him voting for him. I'm just, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I wouldn't have personally had him there myself, but I'm okay with it. I'm just okay with it. Maybe Dream One, I think, deserves about it. But at the end of the day, no one's going to say, oh, remember when he was an all-star starter? Like, he's like a five-time all-star starter? No way. No one cares. He's an all-star. This is his first time of his career. I don't know if he'll get another chance at it, but I'm happy for Andrew Wiggins. But, yeah, um, uh, very, very interesting. I mean, for the most part, for, the, like, nine of the ten, I was very, very... Um, I was basically right on the money with, but at the same time, <laughs> that Wiggins one came out of nowhere. But 
again, I'm happy for him. I'm definitely happy for him. Let's move on to, um, actually, let's go on. Let's go on to this. Because of this new Andrew Wiggins news, and now that the starters are set, does this change anything about my reserves? Because I made my reserve picks a few weeks ago. Um, I think there's only really one change I made, and that was like not having Paul George in there because I think he just missed too many games. But just a quick run through of like um, some things I changed in my um, reserve picks. As for the East, Levine and Harden stayed the same. Um, then we got um, Jimmy Butler, Jared Allen, and Jason Tatum. Honestly, those stay the same. But I did remove a mellow ball. I did remove a mellow ball from my final two spots. And instead, I went. I kept Fred, but I added Darius Garland in. Having a fantastic year for the Cavs. Having the Cavs number, I think it's number three or number four in the East. Number four. And he's having a phenomenal year, basically 20-8. and eight, Getting a bunch of respect from people around the league. Just because of the way that they, like, the Cavs are even moving even more and more to the top. Like basically one and a half games behind the the number one seed. I think they deserve a second All-Star, and I'm putting Darius Garland there. Lamelo Ball is going to have a ton of these in the future. I think he'll get there, but the um, the coaches usually tend to go with the more um, veteran guy in Fred Van Vliet, so I am confident in that pick. But really, that was the only change I made for the east side. In terms of the west, we still have CP3 and Devin Booker, easy. Then we got Draymond Green. Um, there wasn't many forward options. I still am gonna kill Go Draymond Green, even though he's missed a bunch of game, even though he's missed a good chunk of games. Carl Anthony Towns, he's been an absolute beast this year, and the uh, Timberwolves are over five hundred, right? They're over five hundred, so um, I think he deserves to be an All Star. Then Rudy Gobert, I had him as a starter. He couldn't be a starter, but I'm still gonna put him here. And again, it also helps that Paul George has missed a good chunk of games. the The Clippers team is like number eight right now, but they're under five hundred, so. I'm going to give that to Rudy Gobert final spot. Then the final two picks, Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic. Luka's been beasting. Donovan Mitchell's missed a few games, but I think that his impact early on in the season is good enough. The Jazz are struggling, and I definitely should be talking. I definitely should have talked about it, but uh, maybe we'll talk get into it if they continue to struggle into the next episode. But yeah, I still think Donovan Mitchell deserves it. So yeah, not much. I don't think any anything really changed for the West, um, but in the East... I switched out ball for Darius Garland. Let me know down below what you guys think, agree, or disagree. Let's move on next to the final topic before we get into other news and notes. Um, the Phoenix Suns. Yes, I do want to talk about the Phoenix Suns because I feel like we don't talk about them enough. We don't because right now, the Phoenix Suns have the number one record in the league. And they're on an 11-game winning streak after going on, a, what, a 17- or 18-game winning streak early on the season. They're racking up another 11, like another 10-plus game winning streak. And I'm telling you guys right now, I don't <laughs> I don't think it's going to slow down. They're 41-9. They're the only team in the league right now that doesn't have 10 losses. This team is absolutely legit. And what's crazy about this team is that Chris Paul has been a consistent, has been like a constant all year. He's been healthy. He's been playing absolutely fantastic. Devin Booker, for the most part, I know he had that minor injury earlier on, which caused him to miss a few games, but he still played like a good chunk of the season. But this team, with the way that their depth is um, set up, where you still got people like Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Campaign, JaVale McGee, who has been a great um, backup center, they just have depth and they just know how to play with each other. DeAndre Aiden has missed 21 games this year. And they haven't missed a step. You know why? 
Chris Ball can make any center look good. <laughs> Throw in Javel McGee in the starting lineup, he looks good. They they signed Bismack Biombo to a ten day contract. He looks good. Three center like like they're trusting all these three centers. And although DeAndre Aiden is far by far the most talented, it's they're still making it work because this team just knows how to play with each other. They believe in their coach's system, and they're just they just know how to pull out these wins. They got a win against the the Brooklyn Nets yesterday, and fair play, it wasn't without Kevin Durant, of course, but they still won by ten. Chris Paul twenty fourteen and four. Last game, and just in general, Chris Paul has just been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, if you just look at the last three games, 47 assists and only six turnovers. <sighs> this guy's just a phenomenal. This guy's absolutely amazing, and this team deserves just a lot more love. And I did want to just talk about the Suns because when you look at um, the NBA title odds right now, it's, it kind of baffles me to see like where the Suns are placed because I think they should be a bit higher. Early on, actually, just a few days ago, I was looking at the at the um, at the odds, and you had the Phoenix Suns as number four, even though they still didn't hit um, ten losses yet. But they're at number four. They've moved up to number three since then, with Brooklyn Nets still being the number one, Golden State still being the number two. Then you got the Suns, and then you got the Bucks. But even still, man, even still, I believe that the Phoenix Suns should either be number one or number two on this list. This is how good they've been playing. And the Phoenix Suns, just in general, just know how to get it done on both sides of the court. Number three in offense, number two in defense. They just deserve a lot more love. Devin Booker taking his game to the next level. Again, I believe he's going to be an all-star this year. CP3, playing the way he's playing, 14-10. and 10. But if you guys watch the games, you already know how valuable Chris Paul is to that team. Fifty, Almost 50% from the field as well, which is crazy. But... The Phoenix Suns are not slowing down. They know how to pull out these games, and they just know how to close out games late. If you're in a close game with the Phoenix Suns team, you could basically just call it a wrap because Chris Paul is just going to get to his spots, set other teammates up, and just basically like get this team to victory by all means necessary. And really, I just want to put this out there that they don't get enough respect. After a team going to the finals last year saying, oh, it was a Mickey Mouse run. They had to go through so many things with injuries. And you know what? There's some, there's something to it. But at the same time, they made it there. They made it a six-game series. They deserve all of the respect of making it there. And even this year, people are like, you know what? Guys are going to be healthier this year. This team is not going to be as good. This team, for me, has been the by, by far the best team so far this season. By a sizable margin. They deserve more respect. We need to really talk about this team as a pure number one or number two candidate in in the league. I honestly trust them at, right now more than the Warriors. I really do. But we just need to, like, give them the respect. That's the, the one thing for sure. Now that they're healthy now, they got Jay Carter back, DeAndre Aiden back from the, in their lineup. It's going to be even more scary. And I'm just excited to see what this team is going to be able to do. They really got to the point as well where Monty Williams was already named the coach for Team LeBron because they're just they by far have the number one team in the West right now. They're three games ahead of the Warriors. That's enough for them to be like to get um, for Monty to get chosen for um, the for the position for the All Star coach. But yeah, great season from them. They're getting lots of production again from like so many different players. Even Frank Kaminsky, when he had like a bit of time early on in the season, he was doing his thing. Just excited to see how they're going to do. And honestly, 
just they just need to be a bit more talked about. But maybe it's better for them. Maybe it's better that no one talks about how they already have 41 wins and they're basically guaranteed over 500. We'll just not talk about it. We'll just not talk about it. But this team is just so, so good. Devin Booker is an absolute star. Chris Paul, at the age of 36 or 37, people always talk about LeBron taking care of his body. Chris Paul is right up there with him, and he's still playing at a near MVP level. It's absolutely crazy. The Phoenix Suns are that team that deserve more love. I definitely said that a lot, didn't I? <laughs> but they do. They absolutely do. And I'm trying to give them their flowers right now. Before we end today's episode, let's go on to other news and notes around the NBA. Joe Ingles towards ACL the other night, and he's um, expected to miss the remainder of the season. Absolutely unfortunate because the Jazz have been struggling a lot already. And although Joe Ingles hasn't had the best season, he's still an integral part to that team, and now losing him is absolutely unfortunate. And for someone who's 34 years old, had a torn ACL, it's safe. It's I don't say it's safe to say, but it's fair to have the conversation where this is, might be his last game in the NBA. Expiring contract, I think the Jazz might look to move him just so they can have like an extra body on their, on their, um, on their roster. Maybe he might go back to the NBL in Australia or whatever. We don't know. But for what he's for what it's worth, I mean, he's had a good career there in, in, um, in Utah. If you're thinking about that stretch of the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert era, the third best player from that era is Joe Ingles, someone who's like important to them on both sides of the ball. He deserves it like he does um he, um of course we wanted we would have liked him them to go a bit further, but at the same time, he's still a good player. Someone who went undrafted, got picked up by the Jazz, and he became a very key piece for them. It's been absolutely great. So even if he does call his career, he's had a solid career. Um wish him help later on, but again, highly unfortunate because the Jazz who have struggled around already are missing another one of the key players. So get well so soon Joe goes. Let me know down below what you guys think. Do you think he's gonna retire or not? We'll have to wait and see. Next up, LeBron James. Um, if you, if you haven't noticed, the Lakers have been struggling again, as they do. They're currently on a three-game losing streak, three games under 500, number nine in the West. Yeah, they're number nine. <laughs> and a big part of that is LeBron James has not been playing due to knee um, left knee swelling. And according to reports that he might even miss more time, there's a possibility he might miss the All-Star game because of this. He's going to be, um, be be keeping out a bit longer. The Lakers need to find a way to get wins without LeBron. They they can't do it right now for some reason. Even against like, bad teams. But the, the, this year is starting to slip away from them. They're three games ahead of the Blazers. And that's not a place you want to be. That's not a place you want to be right now. They need to get back into the top eight. So they only have to play one game to make it into the playoffs. But yeah, that's unfortunate. Hopefully LeBron gets better, but at the same time, because for the most part, because they need him. <laughs> the Lakers just absolutely need him. Anthony Davis has been okay. Russ has been all right. They just do not have the right pieces around them, and they really need LeBron back soon. Next up, Draymond Green. Um, congratulations to him. He signed a deal with um, Turner Sports Network, T- um, um, TNT, to be a to be an analyst um, starting now. Um, what's crazy is that he's still playing and he's still got this big contract, but at the same time, whenever he's on TV, whenever he's talking ball, this guy is super intelligent. He has a great feel for TV and honestly, he just puts out good analysis. I like watching him talk some basketball and congratulations to him for getting that deal with Turner. And, you know, after he's done retiring, he might be in that NBA TNT booth, um, ushering the new era. 
and he fits honestly right in. He fits right in, and I'm happy to see how Dre's going to do this going forward. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, but, yeah, congratulations to Dre. He has like, a great personality for TV. I'm like someone who just knows the ins and outs of the game. Excited to see what he could do. I mean, because we saw him in the playoffs last year, I think the year before as well. So, yeah, congrats to Dre. Last but not least, um, this is a weird news to end off with, but um, of course the Pacers are trying to do a rebuild, and the players that they're trying to like move off from are Sabonis, R. Turner, off Karis Levert. But there, but there's a bit of news or a report about what the Pacers want in return for Levert, and apparently they want two first round picks. And <laughs> let's let's finish this off quickly before we end today's episode. That's a steep asking price for Karis Levert, someone who's had some injury issues in the past, someone who has really impressed this year. I don't really think that he's gonna warrant any two first round pick options, but the Pacers still need to make the trade. They need to get rid of Sabonis. They gotta get rid of Turner, gotta get rid of Levert. I know they're like dead last in attendance with or without these players. But at the same time, the Pacers just need to start this fallout rebuild. It's been <laughs> they've been holding on to these guys way too long. And they even reports saying that they wanna like retool instead of rebuild. And I'm like, guys, please stop with all this nonsense. Just just trade your guys. Start the rebuild, start fresh and hopefully you can you know, do it like the Memphis Grizzlies, do it like some of these other teams, and get your stars through there. It's not worth it, guys. It's not worth it. But yeah, those are the other news and notes from the NBA this week. Let me know what you guys think down below. But I think this is where we're going to taste episode. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Remember to show love on all the podcast channels. Like, share, subscribe, and hit the notification bell if you're on YouTube. And remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also TikTok. I'm going to be back next week for the for another episode of the podcast. Um, I have some, I have a special episode coming, um, this all-star weekend, if I can get that to, um, get that going, which would be absolutely fantastic. And just watch out for just a lot more content, especially on the TikTok, especially on Instagram. Be on the lookout for that. And yeah, just thank you guys for all the support, and I'm excited to just create more NBA content, especially next week with the trade deadline happening soon. Hopefully there's just a lot of stuff to talk about. Maybe I might make an episode right after the deadline and posting it on Friday. I think that might be the goal for next week, but... That is something that's probably going to happen. But yeah, thank you guys for all the support. Hope you have a fantastic day. Take it easy, guys. TV signing out. Peace.